or like the, for for instance, a simple explanation like okay, let's explain to them internet connectivity or bandwidth or or maybe something with the network with the, the network that is very slow or the internet is very slow. So often I'm going to say, you know, you're driving your car. What would be faster to drive you one lane or three lanes? So this is kind of how people can understand complicated um, terms and and issues, and you and you basically chew it in a different way that they can understand it. The, the brain can understand things that they they already know. Like you're basing you're building the knowledge on on pre-existing knowledge, basically. Right. I, and I was noticing that you you published this as in twenty you published this in twenty seventeen, but I and I and you collected your data prior to that. But the funny thing is, is that it's actually just as relevant now that it was then. It's actually it's, you've pointed out things that are actually more relevant than they were even then. So like it's becoming quicker and quicker and more dangerous out there. Um, can you elaborate just a little bit on that so people understand? what we're really dealing with out there? Yes, certainly. Um, so from what we have seen uh, over time, and yes, you're absolutely right, uh, the book also was published like about two years ago. Uh, this summer is going to be two years ago. And yes, uh, writing the book, I had to do a lot of research and collect all the data. And now I'm working on my second um, book, uh, which I don't know how I'm going to name it. Maybe it's going to be the same same name, but we'll have like a second edition. Like people like to uh, have second edition and and basically update and ha- and add other sections to to the book. Um, you know, I'm looking at the vulnerabilities and issues and weaknesses and some of the interesting things that we see that. There are still vulnerabilities, old vulnerabilities that exist even as uh, prior to 2011. Vulnerabilities that already were published. Um, um, when I say vulnerability, and I need to explain it, um, most people won't understand it. Uh, when you create a software, when you write a software program, or you create something, a product, uh, and it's been created by humans, as humans, we, we have some. I would say weak points or we think that something is going to be used in a certain way, but other people can find it, uh, find that software to be used in a different way that was not expected. And this is exactly how this vulnerability is being discovered. You're going to try to use the software not in a way that the, um, the engineer foreseen when he created the, the software or the solution. And as a hacker, you're trying to find those and exploit them. Uh, and so those vulnerabilities still out there, all vulnerabilities, as I mentioned a minute ago, that pre-exist 2011 and people don't fix them. And the sad thing, the sad thing to say that since then, uh, we still see issues with uh, companies that are not exactly aware or people don't aware to the threats out there. So in essence, uh, there's no difference so much. What we see is that the, how threats are coming out, uh, or, or I would say not the threats, um, I would say that the breaches stories 
are keep coming and planning almost every month, sometimes every week. Um, and people don't aware about this, and that's why also I wrote this book just to awaken people to the fact that they need to do something about it. Be proactive, not reactive, because when you become reactive, it's going to be very, very late in the game. Your new book, in a sense, is just going to talk about in a sense, all the updates. But the reality is, is that these things have been talked about for a while. It's just that we're coming faster and it's becoming more pervasive in a sense. It's actually affecting more and more people in their homes, in their work, in their vehicles, especially now that things are starting to be connected. More these functions are being connected to the Internet. Once hackers figure ways, and whether it's hackers individuals or groups or nation states, whatever it is, once they figure out how they can control these things, it literally can affect you at home. I don't know if you heard of the incident where they had a, a video camera, somebody was connecting to somebody's video camera and speaking to somebody's kid in England, a baby monitor? Oh, no, I, I didn't hear that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about... Unfortunately, it's there's what, many events, so really you cannot follow everything, yes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy where they literally were speaking through the baby monitor in the video and, and talking to their kid. That's spooky. Who's talking to my kid? They actually turned it off and somehow they figured out how somebody got in. Um, and it was because their information had been breached through whatever service, and that information went out, and somebody took the person's username and just went around checking, and I guess they figured out it worked on whatever maybe monitor site, you know, they could log into the remote site, and that's how they were able to get it. It's crazy. I mean, people can connect to these things at home. You know, obviously with hackers and that, and so they go for money, some people are for kicks, some people are for... Yeah, I think I think uh, however the motive is, the motive here, like you were saying, okay, what would drive people to do such a thing? I don't know, and I cannot enter every mind in in the universe to understand how people would think and what they would do. And I think we should focus on the data assets. We need to focus on our things that we can protect, or at least. Uh, do something about it, uh, and those are your, you know, your home cameras, your phones. Right. You know, you know where, wherever you keep those assets, you need to protect those assets. However, measures you want to use. The sad right. thing that many people they are not even aware to the situation. Like everybody, oh, you know, it's in the cloud, and it's the cloud, and the cloud, and. <laughs> I remember, and I think it's in my book, and um, I have a good friend in Israel that one day, like a few years ago, sent me an email. Ah, you know, uh, now with the cloud, soon uh, they won't uh, need your, you guys, IT people, they won't need you at all because, you know, this is the new thing with the cloud and the cloud. And <laughs> I said, wow, <laughs> this is interesting. Let me find out what about the cloud. And so as you know, about, I think about 10 years ago, something like that, when the cloud really, people were really, the, the buzz, the, the new buzzword was the cloud and you should do oh, backup right. cloud and all of that. And I said, wow, okay, it looks interesting, but let me do more research about it. And then I came out with a blog post about this and how risky is the cloud and apparently 
I was really right about this, uh, thinking about that the cloud, okay, you know, we're going to save a lot of money using the cloud, uh, bah, 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 you know, all those buzzwords, yes, uh, uh, and they come with the TCO and all those, you know, jargon words that telling you basically a total cost of ownership that we're going to reduce it because we're going to use the cloud. Yeah, in some cases, of course, you can reduce the cost, but in the end of the day, what you get is you get um, uh, better um, uh, cost reduction, but you can introduce other issues, and those issues can be bigger than what you're trying to save. So yeah. if you're trying to save the cost, you may lose your data. And this has happened already. It's going to happen again. And to your question, you said, you know, how you can do this, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, it depends how you look at this, what's your perspective about it. The more cloud services, the more cloud products and services like cameras, NAS, for instance. NAS had a big issue a while ago. Um, they, they had a bug in, in the, the thermostat, and that caused a lot of issues. And again, those can come up uh, because everything has been connected to the Internet. Once it's connected to the Internet, somebody within minutes will try to bang, in ta bang it down anyway. So you need to expect to the threat, and you need, you know, in, in different assessments said, okay, you need to accept the threat and still use it, but do it wisely at least. Here's a question that I received recently, and I answered it, but I want to hear your perspective on this question. And the question was, why does it matter? You know, the government has all your information, Facebook, in, you know, Google, Everybody's got your information. What am I trying? I got nothing to hide. I'm not a perv. I'm not a thief. What do I care what information they have on me? How do you answer that question? That's <laughs> it's a, a great question. I, I'm going to need to think about it because right now I don't really have a uh, well, good answer to it. Well, what the answer I gave, you have kids, and the person that talked to me has kids. I said, well, there's a perspective and a mindset that you need to have, and it's there's a, you're not a thief and you're not a criminal and you're not a perp, but you have locks in your door. You have alarms. You know, we all know that burglars can break in no matter what you have, right? But you still try something because you're trying to protect what you cherish or love or you want to delay them to give time for the police to come or someone to come and help, you know, whatever it is. But you still do those things even though you know a person can kick your door in being out for two seconds. But the same thing about the Internet. Now, while you're, you don't really care if someone puts a spotlight on you or if your information's out there because you feel uh, you're not doing anything, but things can be made to appear a different way. Uh, and one, that's one thing. Two, if you don't change your mindset, you pass that mindset and that perspective to your kids. Kids today need to understand that they need to secure their devices and themselves and if you don't teach your son or daughter what to do security wise they can wind up putting themselves in a bad situation for instance where young kids are sitting there going online they're providing their you know everywhere they go they're they're tweeting and posting and they're putting their locations and they can be tracked down and grabbed by someone someone can find them and get to them and it's happening you know, a lot more frequently than people think. So, and then also cyberbullying. You know, the kid is saying, oh, I'm at the mall with my friend Joe, and then the bully shows up and bullies them. And that's just, these are the type of things 
that you have to, if, if the adult changes their perspective, the children will too. And if anything, the only reason why you should change your perspective, and I tell people, is so that your children can be safe. I have a question for you, and I could answer that question with a question. Sure. And my question is, so the, to, to the question that said, why should I protect my digital assets? Because I don't care if somebody can see it, Google or whatever. So the question would be, are you lock, locking your house? Do you close the door and lock the door, the locks? Right. Most exactly people say, yes, do. of course. Yes, they do. Yes, yes, of course I do. They said, okay, so this, that, that would be the same answer. You need to lock all your data assets. And I think it's also... Another thing is, it's again, this is about human, how you, we perceive things. We think that if somebody breaks into our home, it's more in, invasive than if somebody breaks into my computer and steals my data. Because in the end of the day, it doesn't touch me directly, physically. Although they can to some extent. In some, some, mm-hmm. some scenarios, it can go to that point. But let's say it's not. So if they can reach my, my data, I don't care. Okay, so they got my data, whatever. Maybe they encrypted my, my hard drive, and now they're looking for ransomware. But I'm still, I'm still alive. Nobody got hurt. Yes, but it costs you money. Maybe you won't be able to generate income the, the coming months or so until you recover from this scenario. And this is a question that I would ask people when they ask me this question. And they would say, of course, uh, we, we are locking the door. Well, how come we want to? Maybe you have alarm system. Do you put the alarm system? Do, do you set the alarm on? Yes, of course I do, yes. Um, do you close the window? Yes. Oh, okay, so why do you lock your cars? Why do we have alarm system? Because of those reasons, you need to protect your data assets because there's no difference between the data asset and your physical asset. This is my answer. It's surprising that people would say that, and that's one of the reasons why I said, look, the asset your biggest asset is your family. That has to come first. And the way things are going with cybersecurity, everyone is at risk for different reasons, different actors, different uh, You know, just yesterday they were talking about Amazon is a little defensive on this because the way the article was written, Amazon gives access to people to listen in on the snippets of your conversation. But then if you read the article, it's all about, oh, well, it's for them to be able to make it better, to train, things like that. And they were a little defensive on it. That's what the article sounds. But the reality is, is there are people out there listening. Inadvertently, we give them we give them permission. We've given Amazon permission to listen to your conversation. A lot of policies and procedures that people will try to break those rules and identify people who do. And there will be safeguards to protect you. But the reality is, there are people listening and listening to your most private conversation. You have video cameras in your home, whether it's you know baby monitors. Your kids have phones on them. People can turn their phones on. It's getting to the point where you have to have that perspective. I have a computer here. I put a tape on it, or I disable it. It's just things that I do, like my phone. I turn all that stuff off when I'm not using it. Disable the hardware. You have to have that perspective, and it passes on, and it suddenly passes on to the people around you. If you're always constantly doing those things, and I think. People have to get into that mindset the same way protect our vehicles and our home. We need to get into that and protect our digital devices and our digital persona and things like our data, as you just said. That's yeah, so long with the answer. Right. And it's more about building awareness, I think, in a, in a sense that you need to think about those things and say, okay, how, what should I do in order to improve my, myself in terms of 
how to protect myself and my family, as you mentioned, because, it, again, because it's a computer, it's digital assets, they don't perceive it as something that is physical. Right. And this is one of the disconnects that, that, that I see. But even if, if you go ahead and, like, this is a story that I, that I shared in, in my book in, in the beginning. I don't know if you, do, if you had the chance to look at this. Uh, and one customer that they suffered a network breach, and this was a conversation with the CFO, I said, you know, this is the problem that you have here. Here's uh, what was, was going on there. So it was a Friday, Friday call. I got a call from, from, from this guy named Peter, and he said, you know, I think we, we got breached. And I said, how do you know? You know, for first when people say, okay, I got breached. He said, okay, how do you know you got breached? supposed to be some sort of a due diligence process where you ask all those questions that to find out and and this is like this story shows about the awareness of people and how they think about the solution and I'm still puzzled about that story although I got some later on I heard something else about that and he said well we, we saw we perceived some 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 transactions that we didn't recognize and so forth he said okay and after we reviewed the evidence, I saw, yes, at the breach, yes, is that things are, you know, wrong. I said, okay, now what you need to do, you're going to need to remediate it, and it's going to cost you about $100,000, and you need to do it right now. I said, well, nobody wants to spend that money, obviously, but if uh-huh. you knew that in the future you're going to need to spend more than $100,000, that's what you're going to need to spend to remediate them, I mean, pay fines and all of that, it's going to cost you a million dollars, for instance, right? And for people who folks who are from healthcare, if the, based on the, the HIPAA, if you, for every, every problem that they find, they can find you. And you can go to jail. And that, that's what I told him. They, they got scared a little bit. And I said, okay, it's either you pay it or it's going to cost you with fines and possibly go to jail. He replies, you know, you're giving us two options. And I said, okay, what is the third option? He said, well, the, the, the answer was uh, to shut down the business. But that answer it doesn't really help them because if, even after you shut down the business or you sell the business, you still have a liability. Those guys, this specific person didn't know that. You're still liable. Even if you're going to sell the business or shut down the business, you're still liable for it. So don't think that there is a way how to, you know, to go around spending $100,000 because the point is that by spending this amount of money, you're going to save yourself a lot, a lot of money in the future. I think a lot of um, similar question, a similar situation with your incident in the book, I've had people tell me, he's like, I don't have time to listen to this. I don't have time. And I said it in one of my uh, quick uh, tips. And I don't have time. And, and one of the things that I said to him was, maybe you'll have time when you're out of business or when you get fired, maybe you can give me a call then. Because one of the things that, <laughs> you know, because you, you, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you get breached in the severity. And you let me know when you're ready. Just give me a call back. And, and it'll, you know, make sure you get your resume ready. So that, you know, you can send me that, too, because I might be looking for an executive. But we'll see. And, so, <laughs> and I say that, as a, and, and, and I was serious. And the funny thing is the, the client called me back uh, about, you know, a couple hours later. And he said, my wife said you're an ass, but you're right. Call him back. <laughs> 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 and I was 
<laughs> well, it's better for you to be an ass, but at least do the right thing with them. Right, and it, and I think it's it's funny, but I sometimes he, I don't want to be harsh with people, but we see, you know, it, it, we see the damage, we see the things that go on, we hear it, we know it, we've been in this industry, we know what most people don't see on a daily basis. We don't. It, it's almost like when you talk to cops and firemen and and soldiers and things like that. They they see horrors and they know things that we don't know. And Bye. it's like, and they try to explain to you, but you don't get it. And in, in that sense, we, we're doing similar, we're, that out, we're trying to explain to people, but they don't want to listen. We're like, dude, this is not getting better. It's going to get worse. And the biggest problem is business. And here's the funny thing is if we go back to basics, if people just did the basics, and we're not talking about the, the, the consumer, we're talking about businesses. A lot of times if they just do the basics, they'd be a lot safer. But they're not even doing that. You know, every, you know, they spend billions of dollars and bring all these consultants in and they bring all these companies and, and, and they don't, their patching schedule is six months behind. You're like, what? Yes, <laughs> and that, that goes to, to the point that you just mentioned now. Uh, I did the webinar about this and I, I brought a, a, a case study about the Equifix data breach that happened in 2017. And I'm sure people already forgot about this, but in this data breach, <laughs> that was one of one of the biggest data breaches. I mean, not the biggest, but was huge breach. As you mentioned about people losing their jobs, so it's amazing to learn that in this case, the CISO, the Chief Security Officer, and the CIO, Chief Information Officer, both retired after the breach the same year, in about in October. Then the CEO had to retire also in October. And this is how people, I guess you can call them and hire them to the job. They, they, they have a great experience, you can call them. With, with that, with that Equifax data breach, as you said um, a minute ago, the problem was that they didn't patch. And how long it took them to patch after they discovered the, uh, the breach? It took them one day. Okay, so right. if they were to do that simple thing, one day, invest one day, okay, you know, one hour per day for a week, they would finish everything and patch all those systems. But they, guess what? They, they, they didn't do that. Not only that, the uh, vulnerability was found in the mid-February. Then uh, some, sometime in March, uh, the company that manufactured that, uh, that uh, software released an um, advisory. The patch was released also in the beginning of March, but guess what? They didn't do anything until then. Then months goes by, and then only, well, this is after the fact, in mid-March, they discovered the breach, and then it took them, listen to this, it took them from mid-May until the end of August to discover, to detect the breach. So we're talking here about two and a half months it took them to detect the breach. The FBI tells us that it takes about 14 months to discover the data breach. Right. So for those cases, and, and this is a big business, right? Equifax, they had a lot of money. But in this case, we're, we're not talking about having a huge, big firewall. It's not about the firewall, because it's not a firewall issue. It's about there was some issue with the software that was discovered, and that, that vulnerability led the hackers to be their own Equifax network for two and a half months, and they just sip all the data that they had there, 
and and what they were able to get. So we're talking about 145 million people were affected by by this uh, breach. I mean, based on this, and this is was updated February 2018. And what information? Social security number, name, first name, last name, DOBs, gender, everything, their home address, phone numbers, driver licenses. Everybody were affected. And this is a big company, right? Equifax. And, and this is for one thing that they could do, just patch those systems, and they would save a lot of money, and people would stay in their jobs. You, you, nowadays, you have, and, and if I'm mistaken, we just had that last cybersecurity breach, the uh, one that was like $400 something million, which was like, I mean, 400 million people, which was in January. Um, so the numbers just keep, and they're, and they're coming bigger and bigger all the time. So $100 million, $50 million, so these things, are, you know, in 2017, that was a big one, and a bunch of people got fired. The latest one was one that was collected. Some hacker collected a bunch of, and that's what it's called, collection number four. So there's three other collections out there. And that one was someone collected data from who knows where and pulled it together in one database. And it was found by some security specialists, and he revealed it. And so that's crazy, and I'm pretty sure he might have listed where it came from and things like that. But, and these things are happening all the time. Police departments are, are getting ransomware where they, they're locked out, pay us, and they pay them. Yes, so, uh, yes and, and, and it would, you, you would assume that maybe the police department would have a better, better protection, better protocols, they better whatever. They don't. They don't, they don't. No. Because, you know, so safety, it's, you know, IT in general, which has always been bad, has always been considered a dump. You dump money into it, you don't get any return. You know, and I think in general, IT does not do, uh, do itself well by explaining the return on investment. Cybersecurity does even worse. You know, cybersecurity specialists are usually one dude. In the, so these guys are reactionary. And most companies, the guys who are specializing in cybersecurity are doing reactionary work and, in general. There's, there's not a lot of guys out there that they're getting them to do a lot of proactive stuff and involving them in every aspect. Oh, that's not their business. Let them deal with the networking guys because it's all routers and switches, and no, that's that's the problem. And then you know, let them deal with the email guys. That's their problem over there. You know, the guys that work in IT don't think you know patching is part of the security or backup is part of the security. It's starting to change, but if there's a, I think we do ourselves a disservice in this industry because we don't look at things from a security perspective, um, and also. I think a lot of IT guys don't really correlate the two in general on a day to day, and I think that's right. one of the biggest things. And we need to educate yeah. our own people. Right, um, um, and and a lot of uh, people would say, you know, customers said, oh, you know, I have my IT guy. He he does. He we we are covered by 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 our IT guy. I often tell people, you know, okay, I understand and I respect it, and probably your IT guy or your IT company that you are using, they are good guys. I, and I would like to some, you know, to explain a little bit more about what we do. And we specialize in cyber. And it's like if you go to the doctor, right? You go to, and, and this is how I like to use it. This is a simple explanation. How to explain the difference between what we provide uh, vs the IT companies out there or the IT guy that they have. And I said. You know, your IT guy is like the general doctor. You go to the general doctor, he, you know, he pretty much uh, well-versed, he knows certain things, 
wears some things in all this. And like the general doctor, the family doctor that you go to, and he said, okay, you know, I have a problem in my eye. They said, oh, okay, you have a problem in my eye. Okay, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm not a specialist. You need to go to the doctor. He will take a look at this and tell you if, well, what's your problem with your eye because he's a specialist. That's what he does on a daily basis. And this is exactly how to change the perspective between the IT companies out there or IT services uh, via cybersecurity specialists like us that we are like the IT specialists. And by the way, you pay much more to the, to the specialist that you pay for to your general doctor, right? You need to pay maybe twice the amount because this is what they do. They're specialists. Otherwise, you won't call them specialists. I think one of the biggest things that we need to do, and I think a lot of cybersecurity guys, I think we keep things quiet. In this industry, we, I hear a lot of guys are like, well, we don't talk about that. We don't explain this. We don't explain that. I think we, that is one of the biggest circumstances. The public needs to have more understanding. And I think the more we talk about it as a whole, the better we can get them to understand. And the fact that a lot of guys want to become more insular and more isolated, it doesn't do us any good because we can't help the public. We can't help the, the you know, the businesses if, you know, well, I understand why corporations don't talk about it. But they don't want people to realize that they're getting hit every day and it affects the bottom line and they're, they're, they're scared, one, for their job and two, that will affect the bottom line. So I understand why corporations don't talk about it. But in general, we need to talk to the people and get them to understand it because the more we get them to request and require from not only their companies and the people they deal with, look, I'm not going to deal with you if you're not doing certain security processes or doing certain things. The bottom, it'll affect the bottom line and it'll change. And the same thing we have to expect from our government. A lot of municipalities and cities, their IT is a shambles. It's a mess. And if the IT is a mess, the security is even 10 times more of a mess. We need to expect more from our government and more from our businesses that we deal with that we have to expect because our data is being sold on a daily basis on the Internet. I think that's the thing that we need to do is stop being so insular and withholding information back. I think we need to – and also we need to speak at a level that people understand it. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I always try to tell guys, that we need to speak. Instead of geek speak, we need to start speaking just normally to people. You got that? Yeah. Yes, I don't know. Suddenly they will get uh, disconnected. I was talking, so I thought you were there for a second, but I was just explaining how we do a disservice to ourselves because we want to be so insular instead of wanting to explain and, and, and talk to people in a way they can understand. I think the industry tries to, our end of it, tries to not want to speak because we don't want to give up secrets. But the reality is, is the more we speak on things, the better people are when you get this. I agree with you. It's about education. We need to do, and that's why we meet here. We met Monday in our office. We decided to do to the podcast today is to work on education and do something about it because the time I mean, has by. Yes, and, and, and people need to know, and we, we do whatever we do. This uh, podcast, uh, writing books, articles, whatever, just to make sure that the, the message will reach to its destination and people would eventually get it and, and be proactive about what we, we are talking about here. Anything else you want to share? God, a pretty long time. And we have a ton more to say. It's just... <laughs> we just got to go out there and do some work. But uh, anything uh, else you'd like to get your point out, you know, something that you want to share? 
Uh, I don't think so. There's, uh, as you said, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, requires uh, another update, like we're talking about. Uh, we can talk about ransomware. We can talk about threats to uh, multi-function printers, for instance. There's uh, some vulnerabilities out there that people won't think about it. And apparently some researchers have found something very interesting. We can, we can leave it for, for next time. The threats that related to mining, using your computer to mine Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, uh, that people don't aware. Uh, there's many things out there, threats that uh, requires a special update. Uh, and maybe next next time, during this uh, podcast, we'll do something that it's more about with video, so we can present some of the stuff. I think that that would be also useful for right. for people, not only the the audio, which it's always good to have anyway. So, what's the one tip you can give people that they can do right now, meaning to change and to start down the path? to being a little bit more secure. What is it that you would give the, you know, one tip real quick? One quick thing. <laughs> it's funny. You can do many things. I, I would say, I can say two even. One of them, the first one, make sure that you have good passwords and don't use the same password in all accounts. Uh, this is the first. The second, patch your systems. Often when patches are available, just patch them, and that's it. There's like two things that they, they can do. They don't require that much, you know, investment in terms of uh, money, at least, I mean, at least the time. That, that definitely can help them a lot. And, and to add on to that, I want to add on to patching is not just for Windows desktops or Windows apps. You know, you get updates from your, iPad, your Apple iPhone, you get updates on your Apple, you know, uh, tablets and things like that. You get updates on your Android stuff. Those things are considered patching. Some of them are firmware, some of them are the OS. When we say patching, a lot of times people think, oh, my Windows. So patching off is part of other devices. You'll get an update. I know people have gotten updates on their phones. Ah, I'll do it later, and they forget, and they schedule it for later, and they didn't ever do it. Three weeks go by, and they still haven't done an update. That's the part that I, I would I add on to that when it comes to patching. Part about passwords, I come from the world of, making it easier, but also keeping, you can make it, keep it complicated, but understand, make it easier. And one of the things with password I always do and I explain to people is to use password phrases. You can make a complicated password, you'll never remember it. It can be 50 characters long, you know, all this alphanumeric you want. If you don't remember it, yeah, it's just a bad thing. So one of the things that I always tell people is, to, is the option of using password phrases. You can jumble words together, you'll most likely remember it. And the more, you know, I was at a client, I explained that, long story short, and a little daughter came in and said, the cow jumped over the moon. And the little girl understand it immediately, and the mother was like, oh, that's what you mean? And <laughs> so you could put phrases like that, so that little girl will understand how to use passwords when she grows up. So, and that's what you use. If you use phrases, things you like, Bible passages, passages from books you like, a friend of mine used, you know, that his daughter was going to kill him before he's 60. <laughs> and that's the actual password. My daughter will kill me before I'm 60. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that, that, and so, I hope he capitalized each word also. So just yeah, yeah, uh, make it a nice that. sentence maybe. Right. And he added other, other things, but it's something he'll never enough forget. And then, as he, and he said he made it contextual, so he put one password, you know, for her account, for that, and then other ones, and he changed it around, but he remembers every single one of them. But if you don't have a great memory and you still want to use the original, you know, alphanumeric, long, complicated one, 
then get a password manager. That's my tip. Get a password manager, manage where you're putting things so that you know where they're at. And if you happen to use them in multiple places, then you can track it and change it. We don't, we're not telling you to change your habits overnight, but start changing your habits. Getting into the security mind and understanding it's to protect you and your family. That's all I can add. So thank you, Egal, for your time. Okay. One more thing. Uh, if people are interested with the, with the book, they can go to Amazon yeah. and look yeah. for uh, dig- Digital War. Or they can go, they have two versions there. You can order the physical book, uh, papers, uh, and also you have the digital option. You have two, two options with the digital. You can have it downloaded to your uh, device, or you can go to a website and just fill up a form, and you can download the book as in PDF format. You go to um, and you'll see the book there. We'll be able to download this PDF. Thank you. Pleasure. And you can head over to MFE Wear Geeks website at www.weargeeks.com. That's W-A-R-E-G-E-E-K-S.com. Number is 877-653-7146.